This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by Private Internet Access. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and get protected by the only no-log VPN that's been tested in court against the FBI. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason Filippo, And I'm Brian Schellmeister. Bonk, bong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I have been uh, I've been in court a mm-hmm. lot and I'm mm-hmm. going back very shortly. As soon as we're done with this, let's splash some water on my face and head back to lovely Santa Monica. Yes, I've, I've enjoyed your photos of birds. <laughs> yes, my bird shit. <laughs> but, uh, God, those things are everywhere. I, I can't believe I haven't seen anybody die yet. I've seen it come close several yeah. times. No, you're kind but. of a, you're over by the courthouse. It's a bit of a low traffic area. Come on down to the boardwalk or, uh, or Main Street. <laughs> it's a block away and I go down there for lunch. I went to Shay J from the TV show Goliath. Yeah. I would recommend that no one ever go to Shay J if you're looking for food. <laughs> it's more of a watering hole. It really is. I did have a, have a couple beers there, but I almost broke a tooth on the, <laughs> the cold French fries. <laughs> so stay away from Shay J. But uh, yeah, down there, that's where I took uh, that picture on my Instagram at Instagram.com slash JPD. If you're interested in playing along at home, they're mm-hmm. everywhere and people are just, they don't know how to ride them. They just really don't. Yeah. You see, no, I mean, they don't. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. It, it's insane. It's it, this summer is going to be insane. There will be deaths. There will oh, be I'm blood. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I saw those new scooters you're talking about too. Oh, those are going to be trouble. Oh yeah. They're fast. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> and they're big and they're heavy. Well, they look like the Honda 50s that I used to ride as a kid, but like that we used to ride on the farm, you know. Yes, and, but now you're going to be riding them on the sidewalk. Yeah, no thank you, ma'am. <laughs> no thank you, ma'am. So that's that's fun. But uh, jury duty's been interesting. I got picked on Wednesday, put on a case, and uh, today they fortunately, uh, we're, we're going faster than anticipated, which is great. But uh, there were they, they didn't have anybody lined up for witnesses this morning, so we got to go in late. So we get to do the show. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to your uh, true crime podcast that will come after this case is over. <laughs> I, well, this one isn't really a barn burner, so I can't, <laughs> can't really tell you what it is until it's over with. But uh, it's, it's actually fascinating watching the process. I'm enjoying it wholeheartedly. And we have enough uh, Hollywood production talent on the, the jury panel to actually start a couple TV shows if we wanted to. Yeah, I, I figured as much, especially when you decided to uh, move your move your uh, court to Santa Monica. I was like, oh, you're going to have a uh, you're going to have quite a few people in there that uh, probably work in the biz because that's what uh, a lot of Santa Monica locals do. Yeah, well, I did get to sit down next to Harry Belafonte's daughter, Gina, for about a hot second until she was dismissed from the jury. <laughs> I was picked. She was let go. Mm. But uh, so far, it's just it's fascinating to watch the process. So I'm I'm actually kind of enjoying it. And it's a nice vacation. I get to not really think about work because, well, I, I spent two and a half weeks getting ready for this in case I got <laughs> called, you know, 14 hour days. But uh, so shall we get to some follow up? Sure. There's an interesting uh, thing over at The Verge, and this was covered in a couple different places. Bill Gates accidentally makes the case to regulate the hell out of platform companies. <laughs> I'm not so sure he so accidentally did it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's out of the game. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I, he was talking about his biggest mistake where he basically should have had the Microsoft phone platform. That that should have been the Android, not right. Android. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because they screwed up. But in, in his in his talks, he's like, you know, that's really the problem with these big platforms is it is winner take all. And mm-hmm. you can have two companies and that's it. Nobody else yeah. can compete. Exactly. Exactly. And that and that goes for almost anything in tech or anything in the world these days. That's what it's gotten to. There's no mom and pop shops. There's there's one or two places for everything. And that's that. And if Microsoft can't actually do it, then who the hell can, you know? <laughs> exactly. You got to have a lot of luck in, a, in just in insane timing and a huge bankroll. Yes. Or at least other people's money. Yes. Looking at you, Uber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of San Francisco companies, this just had me scratching my head. Um, most doctors will, if push comes to shove, will come out and tell you that they'd much rather that you vape than smoke. It is safer. I'm not FDA approved or anything yet, but hey, cigarettes aren't FDA approved either. So San Francisco and in its infinite wisdom has decided to ban all e-cigarettes. You can still buy regular cigarettes, mind you, but no e-cigarettes yeah. anymore. 
The ones that have been proven to kill you, you can buy, but the ones that are that are still on the fence, yeah, no go. No bueno. Yep. No bueno. So, uh, well done, San Francisco. How about you sort out the homelessness uh, and the human feces first? And, you know, basically the plague is coming back, and thanks to you, San Francisco. But hey, thank God you stopped the scourge of vape. Exactly. In the news... Big shakeup at Apple. I Not don't know really. how big this is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it definitely has, you know, gone everywhere in the headlines. I was trying to get some news to slot in, and then I realized, oh, it's all Johnny Ive news. There's yes, nothing Johnny else. Ive, Johnny Ive, Johnny Ive. He's leaving Apple. Whoop-de-doo. Big deal. Yeah, this has been in the works for four years. He hasn't really done much except work on that damn building. And now that the building's done, he's just like, eh. I'm done. Drop the mic. Get the hell out. Yeah. Enough people have bashed their heads into the clear walls. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough Dane Bramage going on. <laughs> yeah, so he's going to start his own design company. Fair enough. With his main client being Apple. Yes. So <laughs> basically, he's just been outsourced. <laughs> yeah, that's all he did. He outsourced. They don't himself, have to so pay. Can... They don't have to pay for his health insurance anymore. And he can work from home. Yes. <laughs> uh, see, I'm looking forward to this new era of Apple, even though it's it's hard to tell because he has been working on the building for so long and other things that you, it, what has he actually had a hand in recently? Because I'm looking at you, MacBook Pro, and <laughs> yes, I know you're trying to make it thinner, lighter, sexier. And now we've got probably 16 inch screens coming soon. And the thing that bugs me about these things is nobody can fix the keyboard and I miss ports. You know, God, I miss ports. I've been on the fence, so I'm just, I don't want to buy one of these damn new MacBook Pros, but my MacBook Pros that I have are, they're on their last leg. You know, they're 2015 models. I've done everything I can for them, but it, they're just long in the tooth. And Time to it's take them the, out in the back of the shed and shoot them. Exactly. And the problem is I've just, I've been really not wanting to buy one of these because they're so expensive. Yeah, they're and, crazy expensive. Like I said, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm seriously thinking about when it's time for me to upgrade going back to a PC. I've been looking at the MacBook Surf or not the MacBook, the Microsoft Surface Pros. Yeah, that's they're nice. They are nice. And it's like, OK, for what I need, you know, I've got my iMac to do video and audio editing on. So I can just still do that where it's at. But when I have a laptop, I'm like, OK, I'm checking email, doing Word docs in Google Docs most of the time, Dropbox. Mm -hmm. I don't edit on a laptop, so I can theoretically switch over to PC with almost, you know, no problem, no pain points. Yeah, and I, I'm, iPads and iPhones sync effortlessly with PCs these days. There's no issues there, so you can keep the rest of your Apple infrastructure around. The uh, one thing that I'm going to try is I ordered a new Logitech keyboard for my iPad to see if I can actually get that to the point where I need it to be to right. just use that. Because, you know, the Apple keyboard that comes with the iPad or you can get for the iPad is crap. I Hopefully this new Logitech one will be decent enough that I can take it with me and use it as a keyboard. The, the biggest problem is they, they never work right when you put them on your lap. Yeah. You know? No, they don't. I would really like that. I would <laughs> really like that. So it, eventually, at some point, somebody will come out with a better keyboard for the iPad, the new iPad Pro Biggin, but mm -hmm. they're just not there yet. And in, be, in between that time is when I, I'm going to need a new laptop. So hopefully, now that Johnny is gone, back to the whole point of this, that <laughs> now that Johnny's gone, somebody will come in and say, hey, you know... Everybody that's buying these things hates the keyboard and really would like some more ports. Can we like maybe dial that back a bit? Time for a bit of a shakeup over there. Let's get somebody else in charge. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. Please, pretty please, with sugar on top. <laughs> now, I found this uh this kind of think piece over at the Atlantic uh, by Arthur C. Brooks called "Your Professional Decline Is Coming Much Sooner Than You Think." Uh, given my age, uh, a lot of people from my high school were actually posting this because if you did four or, say, eight years in college, you'd be about at the point that this uh, that Arthur Brooks says uh, your professional decline has started. So, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the TLDR on this one is uh, basically you've got about 20 years. The first, you know, five, six years of your career, you're kind of learning things. Then you get into the groove of things. And about at the 20 year point, you have peaked. That's it. That's as good as you're ever going to be at what you do. And it's all downhill from there, <laughs> which is why I quit at 21 years of programming because it was just uh, well, me downhill. too. I mean, I was thinking about that and it was basically, well, a little bit longer than that because I ran, I basically ran my company for 20 years. I was programming a few years before that. So, but yeah. uh, my company lasted 20 years and that's about when I had to call it quits. So, you know, if you guys are listening to this podcast in about 14 years, we're going to be at our peak. Oh God. 
We have 14 more years to peak. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. Some may say uh, we peaked in season two. <laughs> Some may say we will never peak. <laughs> We've been flatlining since the get-go. But it was a really interesting article. I, I highly recommend that everybody read it. Uh, it just kind of gets into, yeah, this is very like a Malcolm e. Gladwell kind of study. So he goes through and just kind of finds all these averages and, and a lot of uh, people that he's talked to and goes historical. And it is really interesting and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it goes, 20 years is a long effing time. Even if you're not just like peaking in, in terms of your actual performance, you get bored. And you get tired <laughs> and you get yeah. sick of what it is you're doing. So this whole idea of secondary careers is is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I switched seven years or six and a half, seven years ago ish now. And mm -hmm. so I got 13 more years to, to peak there. But uh, I'm loving my new career. It's much better than programming. And there's something new and exciting every day, usually trying to figure out how we're going to pay the bills. But uh, mm -hmm. I do have to say I love Arthur Brooks. Uh, we did a show with him not too long ago over at the Jordan Harbinger show, and it was one of my favorites of the year. So there'll be a link in the show notes to go check that out if you want to, because uh, he's a fascinating guy. Very intelligent. And, uh, well, Trump's having a bad week on the Internet. Good. <laughs> yes, I agree with this. So a couple things have happened. The big one for me is Reddit. Reddit finally quarantined the the Donald subreddit that they had, um, which is. <sighs> look. <laughs> Everybody's allowed to have their opinions and everybody is allowed. You're allowed to like Trump if you like Trump. But what is going on on this subreddit has been insane. These are the these are the these are these are not some very nice people in there in general. Uh, so the social media site put the subreddit under quarantine because of threats of violence made on the message board against police officers, which Reddit does not allow. These threats were in reaction to the state house fight in Oregon involving GOP lawmakers who refused to vote on a climate bill and fled the state. So, yeah, people basically this place has just been a cesspool of horrible memes and now they're threatening police officers with death. So Reddit finally said enough is enough. That's it. And uh it's kind of surprising that Reddit would be the place to do this because Reddit obviously has the reputation of being the kind of the biggest free for all of major social sites out there. You can get away with almost anything there. Uh, so good on them. It's a refreshing example of a social media company actually following through with enforcing its community moderation policies and explaining what broken rules led to the action. Yay. This is something that nobody else seems to be able to do. And I can't believe Reddit did it. They are the homepage of the Internet for a reason now. So that's right. Have it. Good done. Reddit. Now, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is attempting to do something sort of about it. Really? Uh, Twitter oh, Jack. <laughs> continues to let Trump do whatever the hell he wants to do. He continually always he's just constantly breaking their terms of service and, and going against their community guidelines. And they haven't yet to do anything about it. Their main reasoning at this point, because they consider his tweets newsworthy. So attacks from the president to, you know, normal people are newsworthy. But they finally striked a new policy. They're going to make it a little bit harder to see his craziest tweets. Okay. They're not going to delete them. They're not going to remove them. But there'll be a little announcement saying that, you know, this tweet may be offensive or whatever. And you have to click through to see the president's tweets when he does stupid crap on Twitter. Ah, oh, presidential treatment. That's, that's, that's what this is coming yes, down to. He's, he's getting, getting, presidential, he's getting treatment. presidential treatment on Twitter. So he can continue to do whatever and break whatever rules he wants to break, but there will be a little warning saying, hey, this guy's breaking some rules. Click here to read it. They should put a little dunce cap on his tweets. I think that <laughs> would be perfect. <laughs> that would be great. Maybe or like I originally said, just put the poop emoji there. Yes, that's true. The poop emoji. That would be a good one, too. So I'm sure he's up in arms about this. I'm I, sure. I have him muted, so I, I never see any tweets from him. Thank God. <laughs> so uh, you, you're going to have to let me know how this uh, shakes out. I'm sure uh, it will change nothing. Ups and doodads. Brian, did you get a chance to put that Harry Potter app on your phone? No. I didn't think you would. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I gave up on the idea. <laughs> I even asked my wife, because my wife is a huge Harry Potter fan. I was like, are you going to try this out? And she said, no. I was like, okay, we're out. <laughs> Easy breezy. I am a level seven wizard right now. And uh, it's funny. I, I didn't even think about it. When I'm in Santa Monica, there's so many things that I could be walking around you know, zapping with my wand and I just haven't given it. You can crap. go super meta if you get out early or, or if you want to stay in Santa Monica a little bit later today, Jason, because the Stranger Things peer experience is opening. So you can go catch oh. Harry Potter stuff in the Stranger Things land. Oh, my God. Even more traffic. Yes, it's going to be crazy today. The courthouse is three <laughs> blocks from PCH and it takes 30 minutes to get on PCH. It is so <laughs> stupid. 
Oh, great. More traffic. Fun. But no, I'm I, I'm not going to. I'm probably going to have it off my phone by the end of the week, which is oh, I doubt today. It. <laughs> it's it's the same thing as Pokemon Go. There's really nothing changed there. You're doing the same thing. And, yep. you know, everybody's like, oh, you're going to get exercise walking around doing this stuff. The thing about it, though, is I do more stopping than walking because I get to a place. You got to sit there. You got to find the things. You got to wave your arms around. You really look like an idiot while you're you playing. You do. It. I can. I, I know a lot of people in this area are playing it because I can see them. Yeah. <laughs> they stop in the middle of the street <laughs> or wherever, and then they start like it looks like they're having a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> You can't so turn funny. the AR off. You can turn the AR off so you don't have to like look around like you know, like you're drunk going, where's my shoes? Where's my shoes? Until you find <laughs> something. But you can turn the AR off, which makes it a little more covert. But the, the thing still is, you're like, you know, you walk like 10 feet, you got to stop and do it again. You got to walk 10 feet and do it again. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting that much exercise. If you just go for a walk, you're going to get way more exercise and probably not run over by a damn Prius. Right. <laughs> so all in all yeah it's exactly the same as pokemon go and the numbers are shaking out like you know the first week of pokemon go i think they did 110 million dollars and harry potter did about 10 right so i think the uh i think they're a little late to the game it took them a little too long to get this thing together yeah Yeah, it did take a little while yeah people are kind of over it although they're gonna try and keep it going because they're gonna throw a harry potter party wizards unite fan festival in indiana of all places this summer. why is this not in london i don't know okay i have no idea it's uh the, the you know, pokemon go is in chicago which i thought was strange enough but now they're going to be in indianapolis indiana okay i i didn't realize indianapolis indiana was the the hotbed of harry potterdom <laughs> yeah me either all right yeah I, i'll be passing on that one <laughs> um and they're gonna have you gotta buy a ticket so no cost no they don't know how much it's going to cost yet. And then there's going to be a lottery because they're anticipating so many people are going to want to go to this. that They have to have a lottery. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see how that goes. So I got some doodad news here, too. OK, I have I have I bit the bullet and I'm trying sous vide. OK, I got people the swear inst- by it. I got the instant pot SSV 800 AccuSlim sous vide. Sous vide immersion circulator for six or eight quarts. Now, this thing is built to work with your pot from your instant pot. Right. So you just pop it in there and go. And 65 bucks, which is cheaper than most of them on the market. That's why I went with this one. I'm like, if I'm going to try this, I'm going going cheap first mm-hmm. just to see if I like it. And I also got the Food Saver V2244 vacuum sealer machine with starter kit pipe safety certified. Uh, <laughs> that was even more because that was like 90 bucks. But that I'll use a lot more because I freeze a lot of food. So. Mm-hmm. That thing will actually get way more use than the sous vide. Did my first a couple uh, attempts with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty badass. I got to say, <laughs> I cooked some chicken in there and it was just delicious. And this was like the 89 cents a pound chicken from Ralph's, not even the good stuff from Butcher Box that I got ready to go next. I didn't want I didn't want to do my <laughs> experiment on the good stuff. Right. But man, it, it's it's pretty amazing. I'm going to do some steaks this weekend just to see how that goes. Uh, you still have to like pan fry them when they're done to get some sear on them, but uh, yeah, you got to put the sear on. But man, man, is it is it good? <laughs> that is some of the best <laughs> chicken I've ever had, and it's just like a crock pot. You throw it in, and you just come back in five hours, and boom, there you got right. some chicken. It's <laughs> it's pretty good. I gotta say, you got to try this thing out. You especially since you have a kid, and it's like you just pop it in in the morning. You don't have to think about it. You pull it out, and there's dinner. Right. You know, just like a crock pot, but better. And this morning I came in and one of my hard drives was utterly dead. And I don't know why it just decided to stop working. And and it's like I tried to open it up in disk utility and there's nothing. And then I listened to it when I plugged it in. It's just like chunk, chunk, chunk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, pretty sure that one's dead. This is one of my three eight terabyte drives that I have that I always cycle through. This is why, children, we have three drives. Because <laughs> if one dies, you have two more with your backups on it. Now, let so, me ask you a question, Jason. Why don't you ever buy, like, the RAID drives? Um, well, I, I have a Synology with a four, you know, right. four-striped yeah, yeah. RAID array in that thing. It wasn't big enough. And I was going to replace those with SSDs. But then I'm just like, eh, this works really well. I would prefer, because this way, if you have a RAID, it's all mm-hmm. in one place. That's true. So I've got three hard drives, which are in three separate locations around the home in two separate fireproof boxes. And I also ship one off every now and again to my dad. So it's just I prefer the standalone drives to having one single point of failure. 
Okay, personally. fair enough. Yeah, that's why I like that. And uh, Carbon Copy Cloner makes it super easy. I plug it in, and as soon as I plug it in, it automatically starts the backup, and then every couple hours, it just keeps everything up to sync. So, And the drive that died was a Seagate Backup Plus Hub 8-terabyte external hard drive desktop HDD dash USB 3.0, comma, <laughs> two USB ports, comma, for computer, desktop, workstation, PC, laptop, comma, okay. two months Adobe CC photography. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like a $150 drive and I'm replacing it with a Western digital eight terabyte elements, desktop, hard drive, USB 3.0, and then some crazy string yes. for $139. So it does not have the two USB ports on the front, which I've honestly never used. <laughs> so adds complication to the, the system anyway. But yeah, the I, Seagate's for me have been hit and miss. It seems like as soon as the warranty's up, they die. I've been basically only getting Western digital for probably the last 10 years. Yeah, those things are workhorses, man. They, they really just, are. They just don't die. So I'm going to slowly replace these out with Western Digitals. And um, it, it's also good to have multiple manufacturers in your setup because of the I, what I call the Seagate problem. I was hoping <laughs> that they fixed it after all these years, but no, no such luck. What are you using for backup nowadays? Uh, I've got uh, two Western Digital RAID drives. Mm. So it's, uh, you know, that, that kind of does the trick for me. All right. There you have it. Back up your stuff, people. It, yes. It's, it's very good important for you. Mm -hmm. And a new app out from uh, my friend Greg Cohn, who uh, does the burner app, the one where you can get uh, burner numbers for your phone. Yes. Uh, he's got a new one called Firewall, which is a robocall blocker. Nice. Yep. It is. Uh, you can get it with a 14 day free trial and it's four bucks a month after that. But what you do is you basically forward your number to them. They take the calls and send them back to you after they scrub them and make sure that they're not coming from a robocaller from their big yeah. list of robocallers. Uh, so far, it's gotten like three calls. I think that's all I've gotten so far. So, <laughs> so far, it works as, as advertised. So I'm going to keep uh, trying it for a bit, but uh, give, it a, give it a shot if you want to. There's uh, links in the show notes to go download that. And they're introducing Firewall blog post where you can read all about it. Now, I think he may have had some unlucky timing with <laughs> going out and building an app to firewall robocallers because the FTC and Justice Department are taking coordinated action against robocallers. Mm -hmm. They have actually finally started going after some some of these people, uh, more people. They've gone after some before, but uh, they're they're really like putting the hammer down now in the, the operation is called Operation Call It Quits. And, oh, how clever. Yeah, they brought four cases so far. Uh, at least last week. And here's the crappy part. The FTC has fined companies more than $200 million, but only collected less than 0.01% of the fines because they don't really have very good enforcement powers. Well, I think that's why they're with the working... IRS here. <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> uh, well, I think this is why they're teaming up with the Justice Department to okay. at least get some teeth in this. Right. But, you know, they're really starting to go after this stuff. It's it's finally hit a tipping point where everybody's tired of it and nobody can deal with it anymore. So until they're until they're really ramped up, go try Firewall. 14 days for free. What can go wrong? What could go wrong? Check it out. Well, Jason, we have Star Wars furniture. I'm not talking about like your Millennium Falcon futon here. This is okay. high end crazy ass stuff. Disney and Lucasfilms have tapped Filipino designer Kenneth Kobakunyu. I have no idea how to say his name to create a Star Wars <laughs> furniture designed at uh, adults. Uh, he has run a furniture design practice for two decades. He's been named designer of the year and has, you know, many prestigious awards and all that. He's known for creating delicate looking handwoven chairs and recliner structures that float on airy lattices. So if you go to the link in our show notes, you will see these subtle Star Wars nods in his furniture. This stuff is cool looking. I would yep. love to have the TIE fighter chairs. They are badass. Uh, but, you know, prices range from $1,345 to $2,800, so it's a bit pricey. That's a little stupid for a wicker chair. That's really all <laughs> it is. It's a wicker chair. It looks cool as hell, though. If you say so. I'm not really, I'm not really buying it, but I'm literally <laughs> like not it. really buying it because it's oh, yeah, too damn yeah. much money. Yeah, and then they've got the little table that looks like the 3D chess thing, and they've got a Chewbacca recliner thing. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like a lot of this stuff. It's great. It's interesting. I like the the Darth Vader one. That's yeah, that one's cool. I think that has to be my favorite. But uh, what's with the rocking? Yeah, the, the, the Chewbacca rocking horse. What? The, what? That one's a that? bit odd. <laughs> that is really odd. Yeah. 
Uh, the lightsaber uh, candelier, chandelier is pretty interesting. That one, yeah. Yeah. I owe to be a bachelor. Yes. Because <laughs> if you weren't before you bought this stuff, you'll definitely be you after. You will be after. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Binder from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. Dave is also co-host of the Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. Hello, Dave. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, you know, before we jump in today, I had a couple of things I wanted to chat about just quickly here. First of all, I wanted to talk about, um, Jason, you having jury duty. Yes. Uh, Justice. Ha! Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Um, I have I have been called in to I've been summoned to jury duty. I've never actually sat on a jury. The closest I've come is having to go and report to the place and then wait for a little while and then be sent home. And I think I only did that for one day. Uh, all the other times I've been summoned and then you could call in in the morning and they would say, congratulations, you don't have to do anything. And yeah, I think once or twice they said, congratulations, you don't have to do anything and you're done for the whole week. And that was (laughs) that was the best outcome. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got caught. I did the I did it online so I could see basically it was what as soon as you were able to, I'd go in and like Monday and Tuesday I was excused. And then on Wednesday, nope, got to show up. Mm -hmm. So. Mm. I go in. It's pretty straightforward. I got called. I, everybody's like, it's going to be so boring. Bring a book, blah, blah, blah. I was sitting down. We had to watch this like 20 minute uh, just introduction to being a juror video. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, about 25 of us or 30 of us were called, had to go down to the courtroom. They sat us down and they put me in seat number 13. And I'm like, I'm getting on this jury. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I know they're going to be kicking some people off, and yep, then I'm going to have to slide up. Yeah, yep. I'm just like okay, and I answered the questions, and and there were a lot of people who were chatty and talked a lot, and all those people got kicked off. Mm. And I actually wanted to be on the jury. I wanted to do do my civic service and actually see what the process was like. So ah, I kept my see, mouth that shut. Is, that explains yeah. why you didn't wear your uh, come back with a warrant T-shirt, which definitely <laughs> right. would have gotten you off. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I do know a lot now about how to get off a jury if I need to in the future. But uh, for the most part, I just kept my mouth shut and just went through the process. And I'm juror number four. Oh, and wow. You, you moved way on up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I was if I was actually in number 14 instead of 13, I would have been in slot number one because number one got kicked off right after. Well, actually, juror number five got kicked off because that was Harry Belafonte's daughter. Hmm. So she got kicked off right after I sat down. And then they just kept filling things up and moving people around. But yeah, I got uh, I basically got picked and we went through a whole bunch of stuff and I've been going ever since. And I've got today and then three more days next week and Hmm. should be done, should be done. But it's fascinating. I'm actually really enjoying it. Well, my thoughts on it were, of course, my initial I was trying to think, would I want to have you on my jury if I had (laughs) done something wrong? And, of course, my initial thought was, oh, God, no. (laughs) But then the more I thought about it, after I got past the snark and the humor and all that sort of thing, I actually thought (laughs) to myself, you know what? I would really want to have you on my jury because, number one, you're very smart. And number two, you have a whole lot of life experience. And the combination of those two things, I I think, would make you a very thoughtful juror. Well, thank you. I actually agree with that analysis, believe it or not. Yeah. But I I did wallow in the snark a bit longer than you probably did. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you well, guys did. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you I'm sure you're mad that I'm actually here today well, so you can just make fun of me the whole episode. Well, maybe. Well, we did have that thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But the other thing too is that since you're a good communicator, um you could be influential among the other jurors and make the case for for coming to the reasonable well thought out conclusions, I think. Yeah, so. and that's what I plan to do once we get to deliberation. So mm-hmm. I've got I've got my opinions and I've got some background in the what we're going through right now. So and it's I can't really say anything else until I'm excused, but I'll tell you all about right. it when I, once once we're done. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to hearing your take on the whole the whole experience. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll co- we'll cover that when uh, when I'm finally free. So, so. The, the other thing I wanted to uh, just briefly touch on today is that, as I've said here, I think before, my favorite iPhone accessory is my car. Mm-hmm. And uh, today I updated the firmware on my car. 
Okay. Because uh, one of what the, could possibly go wrong? Well, Hopefully, you did that while you were still at home and not at the office. <laughs> no, I did it at the office because why uh, do it on my brave time? Brave man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's also got he's also probably got some tech support there at the office. You can call IT. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was it was supposed to be a pretty meaningful update, making the uh, the infotainment system much more peppy and responsive. And <laughs> I haven't heard that infotainment sort of thing. since the eighties. Well, you just did. Okay. So, I changed my opinion on you being a jury. Jury, you probably suck. <laughs> hey, I can still be. I can still be citizen dickhead. But uh, what, would you, uh, what would you call an That's infotainment system? Citizen dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you? How would you refer to an infotainment system if not that? Um, I don't know. I just have not heard that word in a very long time. Mm, okay. That's all. I, it, it was a blast from the past. I just remember, you know, making infotainment titles for CD-ROMs. And right, right, right. Yeah, me too, yeah. me too. But it's right. I, I haven't really heard that term recently either. It's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, I found the update online, downloaded it uh, to a little USB stick, and I was able to plug that into the car and walk through. I printed out the instructions and walked the through. The next thing I knew, my and... car was speaking Russian. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it was, my car was asking me for five Bitcoin to drive it home. Well, you know, t- yeah. <laughs> My Mazda had transformed into a Porsche. It was amazing. Um, so uh, it went very well. It took about an hour to do, to go through, and uh, I didn't have any issues. Um, one of the funny things in the instructions, it said you needed to – it said this This is going to take about an hour to do, and make sure you set an alarm for yourself for the about the 20-minute mark so you can come in to the car and pump the brakes so the auto sleep system doesn't kick in and – Basically, you think that they could switch that off as part of the install you process. Would think, you would think, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, but evidently you'd be wrong. So I did that <laughs> and um, and it went it was uh, uneventful, which is good. But uh, I have to say this is my first car that I've owned where this sort of thing was both possible and necessary. And uh, it was just an interesting thing to think about how this is the shape of things to come. I imagine, well, for many, certainly for many cars. I mean, for Teslas, these just happen automatically over the air. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think my Beamer does it over the air as well, which is kind is that of right? nice because I don't have to mess about with the USB stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Explorer does it over the air too, except for one new one that I got yesterday. My car got recalled because they have to update the anti-lock braking software. Which hmm. I thought they would, because my cars had multiple over-the-air updates so far, but I have to actually take this one into the shop to have them do it. So apparently, hmm. the anti-lock brake system is separate from the rest of the systems in the car, which which is quite smart kind of security-wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sure. Well, look, this is this is the way that things are now. I mean, we look no further than the fact that that, J- that Jason has a bed that has an app and a subscription. That's I right. Mean, this is this is the world we live in now. That's right. That's right. Oh, it's a great time to be alive. Also terrible. Uh, yes. Yes, also terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dig into some stories here. What are we kicking off with this week? Um, so we have talked before about um, people using AI to clone someone's voice. And we actually, a bunch of us, we tried the, the liar thing, mm-hmm. uh, L-Y-R-E, online. Um, and this is a, a different one. This is an update on that. This is uh, some folks from actually fi- one of Facebook's research groups have come up with a different way of analyzing voice and speech patterns. And uh, we'll include the link here. But there's, this is pretty good stuff. Uh, they use Bill Gates as one of their samples. And sure enough, it, it really they have not only his voice, but his cadence as well. Well, that's a big part of it, right? And that's what most of these systems are missing so far, because you and I and Jason, we all have different pausing and cadence manners to our speech. And it's it's part of how we we actually recognize each other's speech. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I continue to be maybe um, more excited about this than I should because I really want someone – I just really want someone to do me. I, want, I just want to <laughs> never talk again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I strive I just, to never speak again. I don't know again. why. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I really want someone to – I just feel like I'd be a great guinea pig for this. I have all the data is out there. There are transcripts, there are recordings. So, well, drop a note to these guys and say, here, here's all this information. Please feel free to use me as your guinea pig. Make a bit bot. 
I think I'm going to do yeah. that. The BitBot. That's good. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's just a quick one. And if anybody out there is listening and uh, has the uh, has access to these folks, uh, you know, you drop me a line. Excellent. Well, I've got some uh, some disturbing news, or at least a disturbing story over on The Intercept. We spent a lot of time talking about uh, uh, traveling internationally and coming over the border and the kind of gray area of the law right now in terms of, you know, what they can and can't ask you about, what they can and can't have access to. And we spent some time talking about, you know, shipping our phones <laughs> through UPS or whatever to get around these sort of systems. And and uh, there's a really great article, again, on The Intercept uh, by a journalist um, named uh, Seth Harp. And uh, if it's long and uh, it covers in great detail exactly how frightening traveling uh, coming over the international border can be now into the United States, uh, particularly if you get uh, somebody who isn't very nice, which is most of them. Um, I don't know if you guys read this, but it, it scared me a bit. Um, speaking as somebody yeah. who goes over the border a lot, uh, at least four times a year, uh, how gray this area is and how much power these people apparently have um mm-hmm. it's it's weird and at the end he just says he says to the guy when he finally gets out hours upon hours later uh, it's funny of all the countries i've been to the border guards have never treated me worse than here in the one country i'm a citizen of in the town where i was born and the uh, security guy says welcome back to the usa yeah nice this is <laughs> this is where we're at now um you know it's i i didn't get any bullet points from the actual story because it's very long and it's very detailed but they took his phone they took his laptop they took everything uh they said they he took couldn't his leave. dignity they took his dignity he could not call a lawyer because he was not being deta- he was not being detained he was simply right. not being granted entry into the united states but he also wasn't being allowed to leave the area right they had fully complete and total control of his life and him they owned him yeah. Let me explain what detained means. <laughs> Let's get a dictionary here. Yeah, well, they up. wouldn't even let him call a lawyer, and that's when they took his phone and didn't give mm-hmm. him his phone back. So this is some scary shit going on. It is. I, I find it uh, pretty chilling. Um, I understand sort of where this came from, but, uh, boy, um, that that whole no man's land of... Mm-hmm. of Non-existence. Right. You you do not have access. You don't there's no due process. You're at the mercy of these folks. Um, I mean, I suppose could he have gone back to Mexico? He was traveling. No, they wouldn't from they wouldn't let him leave the the area. They stopped mm-hmm. him from leaving. He tried that. Right. Yeah. So how is this different from being detained? <laughs> how is this different from Guantanamo that's Bay? What I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, there's a little more travel involved in, in a snappier suit that you get to wear in Guantanamo. But uh, <laughs> right, right. Well, you and, get music. Well, and it also, I think part of the story is his description of how he believes that once they were in for it, that the folks who are dealing with him basically said, you know, to themselves, well, I know how I'm going to fill out the rest of my day. Yeah. And uh, which is just, anybody who's had brushes with power knows that's the only way it can go. Yeah. Once yeah. once you've been once you've been a bit flippant and you've pissed them off, you're fucked. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I do know. I mean, there are some cases that are trying to make their way to the Supreme Court about this. Um, part of the issue is that I forget what the percentage is, but a huge percentage of us live within the uh, what is it? A hundred miles, 150 miles of border crossings that give mm-hmm. um, the, the uh, CBP officers the ability basically give them jurisdiction over you. And so there are cases that are trying to make their way to the Supreme Court to try to get some clarity on this under whether or not these are reasonable under the Fourth Amendment and uh, other restrictions. Um, another thing this reminds me of is that there are folks who have worked up systems of encryption where um, basically you spin up a password for your device before you cross the border, but you don't have access to what that password is until you get back home. Right. Like a geolocated sort right. of thing. Right. So if the officer says, what's the password to this device? You can, you don't have to lie to them. You can honestly say, I do not know. And I do not have access to it. Right. And so presumably that uh, now what that leads to is they can basically keep you there as, yeah, as as they'll they keep want. you or, and keep their phone. Yeah. Well, they, right, they will confiscate the device. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, you know, part of the story is uh, questions whether or not they're targeting certain people. There's some folks who are, who are s- suspecting that they're targeting journalists. 
Um, and uh, this gentleman was one. So yeah. uh, if that turns out to be the case, that, of course, is even more chilling. Uh, I don't know how much evidence we actually have, how much of a pattern we've established with that. But yeah. um, I find the whole thing troubling, and I hope that we find some clarity on this sooner than later. Uh, unfortunately, as we all know, these things <laughs> wind their way slowly through the system, but at least there yes. is some, some motion happening on it. At least there still is a system for now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. All right, I've got some uh, facial recognition follow-up here. Okay. Mm. A Boston suburb has decided to ban facial recognition software. This comes from Somerville in Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Mm -hmm. And it's not a small city, 81,000 people, you know, pretty yeah. decent size. Uh, this follows San Francisco for banning social or for not social recognition, facial recognition. <laughs> social recognition would be fine, too. Well, to one, one can argue that San Francisco did ban that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> So it's interesting. It says, in addition to a ban on active use of AI by city departments, the ordinance outlaws use of data or evidence produced by facial recognition software systems in criminal investigations or legal proceedings. The local law does not have the scope to restrict facial recognition use by state or federal law enforcement, though, okay. which makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's pretty good. It was uh, unanimously approved by the Somerville City Council. Yeah, I like it. And I wonder, um, does it mean that if the state or federal law enforcement folks came up with some facial recognition generated evidence, would the locals not be able to use that evidence? I think it probably does mean that. I yeah, so. it depends mm -hmm. on who's got jurisdiction over the case. Right. So if, if, if the city is prosecuting a case with help from, you know, local or, or state or federal, then they have probably have the option of not using that evidence in court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I like this. I think and I think this is recognition that this technology just isn't there yet. And there's too many risks of improperly targeting certain groups of people or the error too rate many is just false too positives. High. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Good for them. Yes. And following up on something with that, which really I've shaken my head on this one because I was like, what? Wow. Uh, the company formerly known as Taser, which is now known as Axon. They supply tons of body cameras to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. They actually have an AI and policing technology ethics board. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, they've got a group of 11 experts from a variety of fields, and they put out their first report. And it says it's largely focused on the threat of facial recognition. And it says the advice they give is unequivocal. Don't use it now or perhaps ever. Right. Okay. They specifically, their findings are facial recognition simply isn't good enough right now for it to be used ethically. Don't talk about accuracy. Talk about specific false negatives and positives, since those are more revealing and relevant. Any facial recognition model that is used shouldn't be overly customizable, or it will open up the possibility of abuse. Hmm. Any application of facial recognition should only be initiated with the consent and input of those it will affect. Ooh, Until there is... Yeah. Until there is strong evidence that these programs provide real benefits, there should be no discussion of use. Facial recognition technologies do not exist, nor will they be used in a political or ethical vacuum. So consider the real world when developing or deploying them. Bravo. I am gobsmacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this, is a, this is a very good development and coming from a very unlikely source. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know they've been pressured to put facial recognition in those body cams so they mm -hmm. can get you know a little a little alert when somebody pops up as being a villain. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that doesn't mean that all the video that comes from the body cams can't be run through facial recognition when it gets goes back to the the station, but they're just not going to actually bake it into the their software or their hardware, which is great. Yeah, and uh, a a large enough or or. An organization that is so connected with law enforcement to come out this strongly and this unambiguously, I think is, I agree with Brian, both surprising, but also very good. Refreshing, yes. I think, Refreshing. Is, is the word that yeah. we're looking for. Like a, like a cool cocktail on a summer's eve. <laughs> mm, like, a, like a cold Coors Light after mowing the lawn. There you go. <laughs> right. Um, so this next one uh, I put in here, uh, Facebook, you know, recently put out their uh, white paper about Libra, which is their 
cryptocurrency that they're proposing. And there's been lots mm-hmm. of talk about that. Um, but buried within that white paper are two sentences that have caught some folks' attention. <laughs> and I will read them now. It says, an additional goal of the association is to develop and promote an open identity standard. We believe that decentralized and portable digital identity is a prerequisite to financial inclusion and competition. Well, isn't that was that under subsection shoe? Uh, you know, Drop? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Libra's mark of the beast. Here it comes. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about Libra quite a bit, but this is definitely something very disconcerting. Well, the the what people are suspecting here is that Facebook is making a play to be the digital identifier, the keeper of digital identity, as and, they kind of are already. Well, and they have the uh, the user base to be able to do it and mm-hmm. have it be meaningful. Um, someone pointed out on on Twitter, I think it was Andy Anatko, who's a, a tech writer, said that um, you know what we're looking for here is the ability to to check in with some uh, online service and basically say, "I'm not telling you who I am, but I am going to verify that yes, I am 18." Right. And that's that's the goal here to be able to dial in what information you turn over to be able to 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 prove that you are either who you are or what you say you are, but not turn over everything. And Facebook has such a good track record of not turning over everything. You read my mind. Yes, that that led me to my next thought, which was, uh, are these really the folks who should be doing this? Um, But also remember, this isn't just Facebook that's associated with Libra. There's going to be a a one or 99 other companies, Mm. 99 other companies, and Facebook ain't one of them. Um, (laughs) Facebook is one of them. I'm sorry. And so all of these companies are going to have to come together for this standard for open identity which is going to be interesting. So do you have to create this open identity to use Libra? I'm guessing yes. That you yes, have I'd to do assume. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And how is that going to play out over over time? And, and honestly, yes, you can do that to... I, I think, honestly, why they are trying to do this is because of the anti-money laundering that they're going to have to do for yep. regulators. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be one of those things where it's like... It, they they can say that it is for that. It could be used for a million other things, as we all know. But I'm sure that they're going to couch it in, this is to prevent money laundering. So we need to know who is who and whose wallets are whose wallets. Right. Right. Yeah. And right there, that's a non-starter. For you. For me, yeah. For I me, mean, too. But at the point being, uh, again, because it's Facebook and they've got 2 billion users and uh, a lot of people are going to hop onto this and a lot of people are going to use it. So I can't see it becoming a standard. But you know, what the hell do I know? I, I can't believe Facebook is still in existence. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we've been wrong <laughs> on that so many times. It's not even worth going into. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose if all the other organizations have a hand in this, could is it possible that they could together come up with an, a truly open standard that meets the needs, the global needs of everyone for uh, for identification? I, yeah. I, it's it's something we I think we agree we need. It's something that um, that we want. Uh, yeah, but the question just, is who who keeps it? Yeah, right. And that's that's right. that's the rub, right? So yep. 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 Log in with Libra. You know it's coming. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, we still have Apple login for now. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least that's coming. So NASA has confirmed that its deep space network has been hacked. And they've confirmed that the JPL here in Pasadena has been hacked with those responsible reportedly gaining access to the deep space network or DSN. This was done with by an unauthorized Raspberry Pi computer, which got into the networks. So they actually shut down the Johnson Space Center. They disconnected it from the gateway completely because uh, they wanted to make sure that that's all secure. And this is very important because it isn't just space stuff. There's all kinds of crazy tech and all sort of stuff uh, in their systems that uh, they don't want any third parties getting access to, particularly foreign governments. So that's good. How is the recipe for Tang is in there? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Ooh, I haven't had Tang in years. That stuff was delicious when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, Tang does not have legs, my friend. I I would say, just just uh, treasure that memory and don't don't uh, don't go back (laughs) and revisit it. it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Do they well, even make it anymore? Oh man, I think you'd still have to. Get I'm sure you can get 70s. it on Amazon. Yeah, that's it's probably true. This, the same people who are still making Pop Rocks are probably making Tang. Yeah. All right, so that all happened. Uh, the other story I had the, related to the military and all that sort of stuff. The Pentagon has a laser that can identify people by their heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. MIT reports <laughs> uh, they can do it from distance. Uh, the technology, which is known as Jetson, uses laser, laser vibro, vibrometry to identify surface movements on the skin caused by heartbeat. Everybody's cardiac signature is unique, and unlike faces or fingerprints, it can't be altered in any way. Now, right now... It only works the regular clothing like a T-shirt, but not through thicker garments. It also takes about 30 seconds to collect the necessary information. So right now it only works if the target is sitting or standing still. But of course, this is going to get better. And of course, they will need some sort of cardiac database. But this is pretty intense. This is like we may not need facial recognition anymore. Hmm. If you can identify people with just a little laser from their cardiac footprint, as it were. Yeah. I wonder if can it not be altered in any way? In other words, if I, I did was, think about that myself. It, as yeah, well. If you're wearing some kind of backpack <laughs> that's thumping against your back in a way mm-hmm. that that makes you, you know, to simulate something just just introduces a murmur <laughs> into your <laughs> into your or or could you um, could Drop you have the something that well, well, get a subwoofer and was, stick it to your back? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking also something that gave you just a mild shock. <laughs> Would that be? <laughs> You're not going to get me. Exactly. Why is he walking that way? I don't know, but it's definitely not Bob. I I, I was thinking the same thing because this is always the way of things. People invented those stupid glasses that can fool facial recognition systems. People have invented like clothing that you can wear that'll fool this or that. And I'm sure that there's some way to fool this as well. Well, Everybody's going to be walking like James Brown. (laughs) Get on up. When I was a kid, I had one of those Radio Shack 150 in one kits. Do you remember those? It was a little yeah, yeah, yeah. like electronic yeah. project box with little <laughs> springs and wires. And one of the things in the kit was a little circuit that would charge up a couple of capacitors and then discharge them. And you'd hold on to two wires and it would just give you a little little ting, like, like holding on to a nine volt battery. The things we did before we had cell phones, kids. Yeah. And <laughs> we shocked course, ourselves. Right. So the first thing that I did was figure out how much voltage could I handle. <laughs> right. I just kept upping the voltage and upping the voltage till I'm sitting. I'm sitting there in front of this thing, spasming. You know, trying and trying. And uh, I'm lucky I'm alive. But uh, <laughs> yeah, oh that's that. That's made me think of that. Amazing. Uh, that's very funny. A little follow up on Tang. It's funny that you mentioned Pop Rocks because the guy that invented Tang also invented Pop Rocks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and Cool Whip. Maybe and somewhere, cool whip. Maybe somewhere yeah. along the lines I learned that. <laughs> yeah, could be. Could be. Uh, yes, you can still buy it. It is uh, run by a company called Mondelez uh, that was spun off from Kraft quite some time ago. But yes, you can actually still buy it on mm. Amazon. <laughs> Fresh. There it is. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah. It looks just like I remembered it. I, I put the ingredients in the show notes here in uh, Zencaster if you guys would like to read it and figure out how fast you will get the diabetes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not ordering it. Just looking at that. Some things are yes, the primary best ingredient left to is use. sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the primary you ingredient know, is sugar. Second Dave, is fructose. I, I, I won't go back and have Tang. You stop shocking yourself. There you go. <laughs> okay. Now we've talked about the Chinese social scoring system. Mm. Turns out that we've been doing here in the country quite some time and using a what they call a social credit score system. Have I not been saying the whole time that we've been doing the show in this, this segment that the only difference between us and them is them, th- their government run programs by them and their their company run programs here? Hmm. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and uh, finally, they're be- like somebody's being sued, uh, asking the FTC to look into this practice from uh, <clears throat> a nonprofit called the Consumer Education Foundation. Mm-hmm. And they're asking the FTC to start digging in on this because what they're saying is these social credit score scores can be used by online companies and other companies to change prices based on your social credit score and like actually push people out of the market that they don't want to be buying from them. Like, you know, low wow. income people or high income mm-hmm. people. They like if you have a lot of money, then you get charged more. If you have no money, you get charged even higher because they don't want you as a customer. <laughs> Right. There's there's all sorts of ways to game the system that basically just spreads inequality. And somebody's actually going to ask the FTC to actually look into this. If hmm. they will or not, 
FTC better be staffing up because they've got a lot of plates they're spinning right now. Yeah, between this and the robocalls and uh, busting all those Instagram influencers who don't actually post that this is a sponsored advertisement. uh, Yeah, I remember Amazon got nailed for this a a few years ago where they were, Mm -hmm. depending on who you were and even whether or not you were logged in or not, they'd show you different prices for the same things. It still happens. It still happens occasionally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just open up a, uh, we'll have a, a separate machine, VPN to a different IP address, open up an incognito window, and you can price shop, and you will see different prices. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's true. We, I have, um, I've seen different prices between my personal account and I have a, a work account if we're buying, like, office supplies and stuff, and the same thing will come up, different prices between the two of them. And if you're shopping from the Pentagon, they just add a zero to everything. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> This next one had me really kind of upset. Schools are actually installing these things called aggression detectors, which are basically microphones that they hide in the ceiling. And they're scanning people's uh, voice prints Mm -hmm. to find out if they're possibly going to become aggressive and then alerting security and having people come and and check out the situation. Mm. And we can get into it a little more in a second into the details. But just just gut feeling when you when you saw this, what did you guys think? Because I was angry. Well, my initial reaction, having a middle schooler, was (laughs) that there is no way this could ever work. If you spend any time in a middle school hallway when classes change, there is so much noise that sounds like terror and panic and violence. And it's just the kids horsing around with each other. Just just kids being kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, I I just I, I question that this could ever have any sort of really good reliability of of the millions of ways that we could be dealing with violence in schools this is quite possibly a million and one on the list that we should be looking at this is yeah stupid there are a million ways ways to deal with this better than this it's this is absolutely ridiculous and again teenage boys are aggressive that's biological it happens when you get flooded with that testosterone you Mm -hmm. become aggressive that is just a kid being a kid and a story. I mean, yeah. I get that they're searching for, you know, most of the shooters were cold as ice. They weren't super they, aggressive. Yeah. yeah. They'd had no friends. They were loners. So they're not going to talk to anybody before they start <laughs> shooting anyway. Right. It's like, okay, yeah, there's, let's look for the silence detector. No, nope, that doesn't work either, obviously, because it is, it's cacophonous when these kids are in the hallway together. Mm-hmm. So this is just a, a way for these companies to get money from all these grants that the government's giving to schools to beef up security. And almost mm-hmm. everybody in this article says that this is not going to work and they prove it in the article. This is a ProPublica article and they've got tons of, you know, audio examples where things don't actually work. So I also wonder, is it a way for schools and administration, school boards to have cover to say, look what we're doing to cover for surveillance. Yeah. yeah. But that yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, also it allows them to record all these things and they'll have, they'll have proof. <laughs> well, I mean, the schools already, yeah, the schools already are full of cameras and microphones. So that's, yeah. they're, I mean, they're covered head to toe with My like that. God, things have changed since I was a kid. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it really has. It really but I mean, has. They're, and, they're, and they're saying that there are psychological problems with, you know, moving towards just a full on panopticon where everybody is recorded all the time. All the time. And, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, what does that do to your anxiety levels? I mean, you're already anxious enough and stressed out enough being in high school. I can't believe they're going to be videotaping yeah. me asking Susie to the prom. I can't fucking yeah. handle that extra pressure. Right. No, it's ridiculous. Like, precious, just what they're doing. Precious little dolphins. Precious mm. little dolphins. <laughs> we have a show title. We have a show title. <laughs> wow. Oh, Yeah. Well, so I just I was just this just really just irked me, just the money that they're wasting and the people who are even building this stuff says, yes, I can guarantee 100 percent of the time that we're going to have false positives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't we cannot talk about gun control, but hey, let's stick microphones everywhere and invest money in a program that's not going to work anyways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, this last one I put in is just kind of fun. Um, the folks uh, who make Firefox have come up with a way to <laughs> throw the trackers off. They have uh, it, it's a site called Track This Wednesday, and it gives you the option of automatically opening a hundred browser tabs to confuse <laughs> ad trackers. You can choose one of four different consumer profiles. You can be filthy rich, a hype beast, trendsetter, a, a doomsday prepper, or an also known as the Jason. 
Yep. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you about that in a second. Yeah. Um, so you select these. It, basically, it's supposed to just cl- sort of cloud up your your cookies and and all the things that uh, that track you to to make you harder to to keep tabs on. Right. Um, yeah, it's fun. I, I don't it know. Was I don't, it's cute. Yeah, I don't I know it's cute. It's cute. It's yeah. a clever little project, and I'm sure somebody is very proud of themselves over at Firefox right. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> for coming right, up with yeah, this. Right. So I, I actually did the Doomsday Prepper one just of to see what would come did. up. <laughs> no course, change whatsoever yeah. in your no change whatsoever in the ads you were getting. Uh, yeah, I'm like, hey man, if I'm going to get targeted, let's get hyper targeted here. <laughs> and it's the sad thing is, of course, I found like six or seven tabs where I'm like, who I want to go read that later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the food keeps for twenty years. Wow, I like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, the, the what, one really good one Ooh, was the six a tactical spork. That, <laughs> well, I've got one of those. I'm good. Uh, the it, it, they charge me more because they already have one, and I need a full set. Um, <laughs> the six things that your 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 prep is probably missing. It's like you don't have extra toilet paper, caffeine, nicotine, and uh, something else. But or tampons or whatever. I don't need that. But. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know what? If there is an earthquake, we are we are dangerously low on the TP. I might want to want to sock some of that away. Mm-hmm. And the price just went up on Amazon for that. Yeah, <laughs> it sure did. just just for you, just, just for you. For you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna see follow on ads for chem suits everywhere now because it's like 80 percent of the tabs that opened up were mm-hmm. chemical resistant body suits. I'm like, oh, but it was funny. Well, it was very funny. And when you when you go back for jury duty, they're, the the guy's going to pull you aside. We're Jason. We're you off this words. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was an experiment. I promise. It was, it was yeah. for the. It was right. for did the you show. listen to my podcast? <laughs> <Yes>. Good day. <laughs> like sir. actually, we did. That's why you're not coming. I don't know what you're talking about. Your browser tabs. We just actually listened to your show, and you're not mm-hmm. any, coming anywhere near this courthouse. Right. <laughs> yeah. Next time I get my jury selection notice, I'm just going to send back a link to our show. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, guys. I got to actually get to court. So let's wrap this puppy up. All right. All well, uh, that is what we have. Uh, so, uh, Jason, good luck with uh, with the jury stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Uh, I'm hoping that my car gets me home today and that it doesn't uh, crash like not really crash software crash although boat either one any kind of vehicular crashes makes for next a bad we day, heard from so. dave he was in florida <laughs> right right exactly right yeah uh, all right i'll talk to you guys soon earlier this week nasa sent an atomic clock into space this is kind of cool it's not just any old atomic clock it's up to 50 times more accurate than the atomic clocks aboard gps satellites it's precision only changing by one second every 10 million years who's going to be around to check their work i know not it's (laughs) going to go we all know it's going to go at nine (laughs) (laughs) so it's only the size of a toaster but it will revolutionize deep space travel it's called the deep space atomic clock i wish they would have just called it clockety clock but you know you can't have everything uh so basically it's going to get out there and uh, it's going to change the way that we navigate in space because uh it's basically going to be like a gps satellite for space it will measure time delays from each satellite and cover spatial coordinates and uh, it's one-way tracking that will mean faster more flexible navigation with minimal input from earth resulting in faster response times to unexpected events uh course corrections and space spacecraft that can adapt on the fly so to speak so good on you nasa you're still doing stuff Thank you. Okay. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. it's got space Wi-Fi so the other satellites can talk to it. That's really Basically, the, the yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Nice. We talked about the Taco Bell Hotel going lowbrow after we've gone highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Taco Bell Hotel is going to open in August in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And we we joked on it. We shat on it. And uh, turns out, sold out in two minutes. We are in an Instagrammy age. Why are we surprised by this? You know, we, we could have a we had a fucking candy museum that traveled around like a goddamn Lollapalooza festival that sold out everywhere. Why are we surprised by this? Lollipopapalooza. <laughs> uh, we still have to go to our Cholula event over in uh, Santa Monica. Maybe next week we can hit it uh, at some point while I'm still down there for jury duty. Maybe, perhaps. I believe it's still open. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm not surprised that this sold out. Of course it did. Well, of course. Of course. And uh, I found a little something interesting over on Mental Floss. I, I kind of love this. This is high-speed MRI images of someone singing If I Only Had a Brain. You have to watch it. 
that's kind of cool. It is cool as hell. So this is a whole <laughs> new MRI technology that they created because you couldn't, uh, they weren't able to see like small muscles in the human head, neck, jaw, tongue, and lips work together before. So they came up with this whole new MRI technology that catches up to 100 frames per second. And the video is pretty freaky. I'm definitely going to have this playing on a big screen around Hall- Halloween in my house. This is really weird. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really creepy. Yeah. It's like something they would play at Perversion when we used to go dancing at night. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and speaking of uh, going and visiting a theme park or so, uh, I'm going to France. What? There is a wine theme park <laughs> <laughs> located in the country's capital of wine, Bordeaux, La Cite des Vunes is an enormous event space and museum which promises to give visitors a totally immersive experience in the history of wine while i would prefer to just be immersed in the wine (laughs) yeah can you take a wine (laughs) bath when you get back to your your hotel room they basically dunk you in and give you a straw yes the park boasts a bar stocked with more than 50 different wines around fourteen thousand bottles from all over the world yay (laughs) better than disney way better screw the millennium falcon star wars land (laughs) exactly And speaking of France, the U.S. women's national team is about to play the French national team today. By the time you hear this, we will have a winner. This is basically the two best teams in the tournament playing at the quarterfinal stage rather than in the final. So this will be the best game of the entire Women's World Cup, most likely. So go USA. All right. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Brian Schellmester. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a couple bucks a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 357. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy! Grumpy! <laughs>